Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. And I'm Melissa. And on today's episode, we have a special guest. We will be chatting with Mackenzie Barlow. Mackenzie is a licensed master esthetician based out of Salt Lake, Utah. And she is going to be talking to us about some experiences that she had as a new esthetician, specifically revolving around taxes. Oh, yeah. Pay the man. Pay the man. Um, I think this is very pertinent information for everybody in the aesthetics industry to hear, but especially new estheticians who are fixing to look for new jobs or people who are employed by small businesses and things like that. But like I said, great information for any esthetician out there. So after this episode, if you want to find more um, from Mackenzie or hear more from her, you can find her on Instagram. Her handle is at lash underscore out underscore by underscore MB. So at lash out by MB. I'll link that in the show notes. What is it? Episode notes. Episode notes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll link it in the episode notes. She's an excellent lash artist, great esthetician, and we know you're really going to enjoy this episode. Okay. So we are here with Mackenzie Barlow. Mackenzie, we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So excited for this. I'm excited for this because I haven't heard your story, but I've heard a lot about it and I'm kind of upset already. (laughs) Oh, you and me both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we get into Kenzie's story, (laughs) um, but Kenzie, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and about your aesthetics career? Okay, well, I went to NEMA, of course, where I met Melissa. Um, She was an instructor there at the time. And I graduated in 2017, um, in, I think, July 2017. So I've been an active esthetician for about two and a half years now. I have bounced around from quite a few jobs, only because it's a little hard to find the right fit here in Utah um, due to different employers are really hard to work with um and finding your footing can be a little difficult yeah so i am currently working for a injector cosmetic injector um and all we do is like botox and filler injections all day long so i've been with him for a year and a half now um prior to that i was doing uh waxing part-time full body waxing Um, I also did lashes full-time. That was hard. (laughs) And I worked for a plastic surgeon as an esthetician. um, And then I needed a full-time position, so I'm where I am now. Awesome. Awesome. And you like where you are now, right? I love where I am now. Yeah. Working for my doctor is eye-opening to see how other people treat you in the industry. So really? I'm very, very fortunate to be where I am now. Okay. I'm glad that you're in a place where you're being treated well, you're being appreciated, and you're not having some of the problems that you've had in the past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So like we said in the beginning, um, Kenzie, we've invited Kenzie on here to talk a little bit about taxes. Now, Kenzie is not an accountant or anything like that, but she has had some... Uh, really unfortunate experiences uh, as when she came straight out of school as a new esthetician. So uh, 
we would love for you to tell us a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, of course. Um, When I first got out of school, you know, it's so exciting. You pretty much will take like any kind of job that interests you when you're fresh out of school because there are so many job opportunities out there, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot that people don't necessarily enjoy. So whether that's working, doing facials, and not a lot of master estheticians like doing facials. I had been doing lashes already for about a year and a half at that point. I started the second that I got into school doing lashes, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'd been practicing, and I felt that I was comfortable enough to do it full time. So I left my very cozy, very comfortable, beneficial job (laughs) of working at an insurance company. Uh And I took the risk um, while I was living in my apartment with my now husband and I decided I'm going to do lashes full time. I'm going to take that jump and let's see where it takes me. Yeah. I got hired on with a company and there are certain things that I think should be red flags for people when they're going in for an interview or when they're offered a job that I think I wasn't warned about in school. Mm-hmm. Because they don't teach you about taxes. They don't teach you anything about the difference between being a W-2, being a 1089, um, and, you know, an independent contractor. Where I think that's an important conversation to have before exiting school because that's really going to be um, the foundation of your future. Yes. You know, you need to understand exactly where your money is going and how much you're paying towards the government versus towards your own pocket or your own business. So when I got hired on working for this company doing lashes full time, I was asked if I wanted to be a 1099 or W-2. The employer had said to me that the only difference between a 1099 and a W-2 is um, you just pay your taxes at the end of the year versus with each paycheck. So she was very convincing to say, oh, you're you're getting more in each paycheck. You're making more money mm-hmm. without letting me know that I'm paying more than double in taxes versus if I was a W-2. Oh my gosh. Now, as a young esthetician in the industry, I didn't want to cause any, any problems. And so I, when I had said that I wanted to be a W-2 employee, She said, okay, sounds good. When she handed me the paperwork, it was a 1099. That was a few days later. And then she left. Rather than objectifying that I had said I wanted to be a W-2, I signed the paperwork to be a 1099 Mm -hmm. just so I wasn't causing any problems. But I also wasn't educated enough to know what the real difference was. It wasn't until after a couple months working there that I realized that things just seemed really off. I was starting to look into what being a 1099 or um, an independent contractor, as most people know it by, I started to look into what that meant. Mm -hmm. And it meant for me as an employee, I had no obligation, no expectations from her company to be there if I wasn't booked with an appointment. Though she made that a requirement if we didn't have appointments. We were still required to be there because we could have walk-in appointments, mm-hmm. which that never happens in lashes. That happens sometimes in waxing, but in lashes, that doesn't happen. 
Yeah. Um, so there would be times when I would just be sitting there, you know, not getting paid and I couldn't go home. Yeah. She also required that we had to be there for meetings, which as a 1099, I'm not an employee for her. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to be at any employee meetings. She didn't understand that. And then she made some other stipulations such as like, I couldn't take time off of work to go to a doctor's appointment. There are quite a few things that were wrong. I'm sorry. And didn't she also, if I recall correctly, didn't she also try to ask you what your doctor's appointment was for? When yes. you, uh, oh my yes. goodness, <laughs> they should be shut down. Exactly, yeah. It's an uncomfortable conversation for someone to ask you that because your employer is legally not able to ask you those questions, right? If you say doctor's appointments, they just have to be like, okay, go have fun. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh my, yes, gosh. and um, when I had said doctor's appointment, she just made a big stink about it. So at a later meeting is when she said, yeah, you guys can't take time off of work to go to doctor's appointments. That's something you're going to have to do on your days off. I had one day off and it was a Saturday. And that was not all the time. My doctor didn't work my days off. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy to me. So I want to ask you about... Um, at the, you were saying that, well, first of all, difficult to find steady employment in Utah. Utah, of course, is a place that is huge in the aesthetics industry. There are so many aesthetic schools. There are so many estheticians. So why do you think that if it's a place where there are so many estheticians, I mean, you would assume that it's a place where there would be a lot of great jobs, a lot of great opportunities. Uh, do you feel okay. that that is the case to some extent, or do you feel like what are your views on why it's kind of a struggle to find steady employment there? Well, what's kind of ironic is that because Utah is such a great place for the beauty industry, as well as um, we're massive with entrepreneurs, as everyone mm-hmm. knows, yes. a lot of companies start in Utah. Um, the problem is that with these companies starting in Utah, we have a lot of franchises where it's people who have never worked a day in their life in the beauty industry, and they just decide, you know what, I'm going to open a spa. I'm going to open a medical spa. I'm going to open a waxing studio or, you know, one of the variations of the many job opportunities that we have here. Mm-hmm. So girls start their jobs all excited because they're finally working in the aesthetics industry. They're going to be able to start paying off their massive student loans. Oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs> so they get excited and they start working in these fields and the high turnover comes because there's not enough pay for mm-hmm. aesthetics. We get a $20,000 student loan mm-hmm. and we make $12 an hour. Right. How am I supposed to live and pay my rent? And now I'm paying my mortgage. How am Mm -hmm. I supposed to pay my mortgage, buy groceries, pay for my student loans, or ultimately try to pay them off before making just the bare minimum payments? Right. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I feel like the other thing is that because there are so many estheticians in that area, and I'm sure it's like this in other cities or states where it's highly saturated in the aesthetics industry or even in Cosmos or whatever else. Um, I think employers are like, well, I have so many options. 
So if yeah, just boot you out the door. Yeah, exactly. If you're interviewing for this job and you're not willing to take it for ten or eleven or twelve dollars an hour, that's fine. Somebody else will. And so then as an industry in that area, everybody's kind of agreeing to those terms because nobody, not enough people are consistently putting their foot down and saying, hey, we're paying way too much for school and making way too little in return. Exactly. Uh, That frustrates me so much. That's so And to be in a state where this is huge the aesthetics industry we're one of the most vain states out there Mm -hmm. I mean thankfully because that gives me a job right but (laughs) but because there's so many um jobs that you know I could be making money but I'm not making anything because it all goes to that that franchise or that big medical spa name Mm -hmm. and it's just funny because the the places that have the best social media presence tend to be the worst ones to work at. Mm. So they make it look incredible to work there. Mm-hmm. And then you get started and it is just abuse after abuse after abuse. Well, and then it's so hard because the employees look back and they're like, well, they have this great social media presence. They made it look so wonderful. So maybe it's just me. Like maybe I'm not you know, the right fit, but I want to be, so I'm going to put up with this because clearly this is the best place to be. I mean, look at what everybody else is seeing. Look what all the clients think of this place. So they don't stand up for themselves and set those boundaries with their employers or essentially make demands that they need to make in order to have a safe environment to work. Exactly. And to the point that you had said before, where there's so many estheticians, it's a revolving door of Mm -hmm. someone coming in and taking your job people don't feel comfortable setting those boundaries with their employer because they know the second that they do, they'll just be booted out the door because they've got a line of estheticians to replace them. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. Like I just had a gal DM me on Instagram saying that she was just fired because she talked to her boss about how their sanitation practices weren't good enough that she was like, Hey, and was super nice about it. She's like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I came into work this morning and there were a bunch of used like sticks left in the wax pot. And Uh I've been seeing that a couple of times a week. And so maybe there's Uh something we can do about it. I know. Isn't that horrifying? (laughs) Oh my gosh. It just grosses me out so much. But the boss was like, totally just let her go because she was not sticking to her job description and she was trying to involve herself in areas that were her responsibility. Exactly. What I've noticed is that people like businesses and everything like that are reactive, not proactive. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, a lot of times, not every, so I think somebody is going to get fired an esthetician is going to get fired and they will have fired the wrong, wrong fucking one. (laughs) <laughs> they, they they fired the wrong one and it's gonna be a problem. No, it's, it's true. And somebody's gonna get sued. Somebody's going and everything's gonna be exposed. Well, that's yeah. exactly what happened when I left um, my full time last job. I reported her to the state See, because though I wasn't fired, I decided to quit and I didn't give a two weeks notice because she didn't deserve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started my next job immediately the next mm-hmm. day, and I honestly, I had such hard feelings towards that business. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I never do. I'm not going to give a two-weeks notice. I'm just going to text her and say, like, I'm done. Goodbye. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I reported her to the state because of all the things that I figured out were just plain wrong and was just not something that a business should be about, let mm-hmm. alone, or treat their employees. Because when I was first hired on, she, she treated me great. She was so supportive, you know, just like the best cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple months, she started to show her true colors and she just was very blunt and rude and, you know, mm-hmm. telling me I can't go to my doctor's appointment. And yeah, it was just eye opening. And the more and more that it happened, the more I resented that. And I just said, you know what? I know all this thing, all these things that are wrong. I'm going to report you. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you should report employers when they are breaking the law or not being transparent with their employees in the way they need to, like with taxes, for example. Yeah. Yeah, an independent contractor, people don't get that you're paying about 13% in taxes Mm -hmm. because you're paying your employer's taxes. Mm -hmm. Where W-2, you pay about 6%. Yeah. Yeah, with the... W-2, then your employer, your employer obviously is the one who's responsible for withholding those taxes and paying it on your behalf. So every month or every two weeks when you get your pay stub, you'll see that what you're taking home is different from your actual hourly rate because, you know, you're paying for any benefits you might have, but then also those taxes. And the, like I said, the employer takes care of that for you. Uh, they're also paying into social security, they're paying into Medicare. Um, and when you are a 1089 or an independent contractor, suddenly it's your responsibility to pay into social security, pay into Medicare. If you want health insurance, which I'm sure most of us out there do, then suddenly you're paying for all of that on your own. So not only are you paying more taxes, but now you're having to pay for your own benefits as well. Yeah. And And I did the math after I stopped working there and after, you know, having the taxes that I had to pay for um, at the end of the year, after I did all the math for the amount of time that I worked there, I was making about average of $10 an hour. Mm. That's awful. So even less than the average esthetician makes, yeah. like typically about that twelve. So that's horrible, and you can't, yeah, you can't live on that and pay off those massive student loans, like you mentioned. Right, and I was working twelve-hour days, pretty much all the time. Oh my gosh, which is so, so hard. Twelve-hour days, back-to-back appointments, uh-huh. little to no breaks. Yeah, and ten dollars an hour is what I get. Oh my gosh, it's so sad. And one thing that you mentioned to me before is that she supplied everything for y'all. So you didn't even have anything that you could write off. Exactly. Yeah. And the, I mean, I think the benefit of being a 1099 is being able to write off all of your supplies. Like if you, you know, supply your own lashy, lash, lashes, excuse me. If you, (laughs) if you supplied your own, um, you know, whatever, everything. Like most people, if you're renting a studio, then you can write off your rent, all of those kinds of things. But in your case, you weren't renting a studio. You weren't paying for the Wi-Fi or the lighting or anything like that there. She had all of your supplies, your adhesive, everything there. 
So you were left with more taxes and nothing to write off to be able to soften that at all. Yeah. And right as a new esthetician, you walk in and you're thinking, well, I don't have to pay booth rent. I don't have to pay um, for my product. I don't have to do this and that. At first, it sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. It sounds so great because going out on your own and starting your own business, say you're booth renting, that's terrifying because, you know, what if you're short um, on clients and you can't afford your booth rent? You can't afford to buy your new products. Because I've seen so many estheticians where they open their own places and then they have to close them almost immediately because they can't afford it. Right. Right. That should have been me for sure. (laughs) 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 All the hours I spent sitting there twiddling my thumbs, hoping somebody was going to walk in. God. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's absolutely true. And it does give you this false sense of security. Uh, because you're like, oh, I it's all made for me. Everything's all set up. They already have clients. This is going to be easy. And I'll just be just able like to... Just like a regular job, right? Yep. Just walk in, do your work, and go home. And it is if you're a W-2. But, exactly. Yeah. The thing that makes me so mad is that she gave you the option of being... She asked you, do you want to be a W-2 or do you want to be a 1099? And then when you gave the answer she didn't want... She turned around. She's like, oh, sorry. This is the only form I have. No. All you have to do is print it off the internet. Like, it's not hard to get that new form and say, oh, I'm sorry. You asked to be a W-2. So here you go. But there is a new esthetician. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to start that conversation because I'm too scared that I'm not going to have that job. And I just quit my very comfortable job Mm -hmm. at an insurance company. So Mm -hmm. I took a risk. And I just didn't want to cause any problems. Yeah. And I'm sure you also, even at that stage in your career, you knew there are a lot of other estheticians here. Like yep. she didn't have to hire me. She could have hired somebody else. And that's, uh, it's so scary because we don't want to lose our job. We don't want to lose opportunities, but then we don't open our mouths and say things that can protect us from bigger problems. Like, oh yeah the situation and losing so much money when you didn't need to. And also and typically every esthetician that I know, they've gone through something very similar, yeah. if not worse than what I've gone through. So it just is mind blowing that stuff like that keeps happening to good people that are just trying to make something out of their massive student loan right. and their amazing education that they got. They're excited and they're passionate and they're so driven to do what they love. But Mm -hmm. then the second that they do, it backfires and they can't afford to feed their families. They can't afford to pay their rent. They can't afford to pay back their student loans. And so they're forced to go back to a regular job that they don't necessarily love, but they do it because it's practical. Right. Yeah. I had so many other people probably... I don't know, maybe 50% of the girls that were in my aesthetics class who don't even work in aesthetics anymore. They just couldn't make it because they weren't making enough money. They weren't finding good enough jobs. And so now they're, you know, working at car dealerships or, you know, whatever else it is, trying to pay off all that student loan that is just useless now they're not doing anything with it is that twenty thousand dollars student loan like the average or can it be a lot more than that 
It's about average. Yeah, there are. And one thing with like in Utah, if you're going to a master aesthetic school, then a lot of times they'll have laser technologies and things like that for you to learn. So they do charge a little bit more for that. But I mean, you're looking at anywhere from $10,000 plus. Depending My tuition on the state when I started at NEMA was about $15,000. And then it, I know, has since increased, mm-hmm. but... My education there was top-notch, could not ask for a better education, oh, yeah. though I still did a ton of continuing education courses, such as when I learned classic lashes, when I learned volume lashes, when I learned mm-hmm. lash lifting, microblading, speed waxing, mm-hmm. you know, all of that costs money. So that totaled me up to about that $20,000 range. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, but those are all things that, honestly, you need. You need to know how to do lashes. You need to know how to do lash lifting and microblading and all that because those are such popular services in this industry. That's what so many of our potential clients are asking for. So you're kind of doing yourself a disservice if you don't put that extra money into those add-on courses. Exactly. And, of course, continuing education later on, whether Mm -hmm. that's with – you know, being refreshed on your chemical peels, adding a new service like teeth whitening, dermaplaning, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the many add-on services that you can do, but you have to take a course to be able to offer it. Yep, exactly. It's crazy. I feel like almost every week that I get on Instagram or the forums or whatever, and I'm looking and doing research on the industry, I see a new treatment or a new oh, yeah. product or some new way of doing things. And I'm like, man, with the way that technology is growing, you've got to be willing to keep putting in the education and keep or putting in the time for the education and the money for the education so that you can be at the top of your game because our consumers are so savvy now. Our, our clients are so savvy and they are doing their research and they want to know who's offering the very best, who's offering, you know, the newest technology, all of that, which in some cases it, it is hype and it's not necessarily oh, yeah. that you need to offer every service. I, I am not saying that you need to offer every service out there at all. Please don't do that. Find the services that you love to do, that you're happy doing for six to 12 hours a day, nonstop, <laughs> and, but make sure that you are the best at those services that you do want to offer. And that exactly. costs money cost money and it takes time and it's hard to stay on top of that. <laughs> and it's hard to get a return on that too. Right. It absolutely is. And especially like if you are um you know self-employed then you're putting all of this money into your education and you've got to go out and find the clients and bring them in so you can get that return or if you're working for somebody else if they're not doing enough advertising or if they're not bringing in quality clients who are willing to pay what they need to be paying. So the company is charging lower than they should, or you're paying a ton in taxes because you know, you're a 1099. I mean, it it can be really hard to find the system and the place and the pricing that works for you so that all of this is worth it. And that you're not getting burnt out by working your 12 hour days of no breaks. Right. I know so many girls in the aesthetics industry where they just, they can't do it anymore because they just, they don't have the energy because they're so burnt out from those 12 hour days. Yeah. It's so true. And 
I've talked to many people who mentioned that to me. Like I just had uh, a friend message me last night and she was like, Hey, I'm in so much pain every day. My back is killing me every single day. What can I do about it? I'm like, girl, first of all, you've got to be responsible and schedule in time to stretch. Like you've got to take care of your body. And so maybe that means you don't book your clients back to back. Maybe that means you have five to 10 minute breaks in between each client so that you can pull out your foam roller from underneath your treatment table and just work your back out a little bit. I mean, there are so many things that you can do. Start going to physical therapy, go to yoga, start weight training and work on your core. I mean, to help protect your body so that you can keep doing what you love. But again, these are things that they don't talk about in aesthetic school. They, to let you know that, hey, you're learning what you love. And yes, this is an awesome industry and this can be an incredible career, but there are things you need to do to prolong this career and to make sure that it stays awesome because it's hard on you. It's hard on you physically. It's hard on you mentally. It can be hard on you financially. And we, we need to be more aware of that so that we can figure out ways to fix it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love how you, you said that you quit without giving your two weeks notice. Um, and that that's something that you never would normally do. And I have been there. Like I, when I came out to California, I started booth renting at a salon and day spa and it was after my accident. And so I wasn't in the best health, like because of my injuries, Um, but I was trying really hard to get back into lashing until I started the police academy because I wanted, I knew I could make a lot of money, especially out here. And so I was referred to this lady. Um, and at first she was great and it seemed excellent. And we decided to do commission instead of, uh, like a booth rent, especially because I was just going to be there for a short period of time. It turned out to be a nightmare. Like she would change her commission amount that she wanted from me based on who the client was. If it was somebody that she knew for a long time, then she would want me to charge them less, but pay her a higher commission. Uh, If there was a client who was going to be late, she did not want me to have a late policy at all. She wanted me to be able to just make it work and let everybody come in. I remember this one time, my last client of the day, was going to be uh, either 30 or 45 minutes late. And so I, <laughs> I let her know. I was like, hey, she was coming in for a full set of volume lashes. And I was like, hey, you're welcome to still come in. But I, the amount of time that I set aside for this appointment is two and a half hours. And so I will, I'm more than happy to lash for however much time we have left in that two and a half hours. But I'll let you know that if you're, 30 or 45 minutes late, they're just not going to be as full as you'd like them to be. So I'm happy to reschedule you or you can come in, know that you'll still be paying full price, but you're not going to have as much lashes as you would have if you'd been here on time. I, I mean, in a more condensed way. So when the, the, so then she called the owner and the owner came in and she's like, what are you doing telling her her lashes aren't going to be full? I said, well, she can't just be 45 minutes late and expect me to stay late. Like it's already late. I think the appointment was scheduled for 7 PM. 
And so, oh my gosh, you wouldn't <laughs> even be getting done until like nine thirty at night. I know. It's like forty five miles away. Yeah, from where we were living at the time. It was supposed oh to. Oh my god! I was like, it's only going to be for a few months. No, it ended up only being for a couple of weeks because <laughs> it turned out so bad. And that's only one example of some of the things that went wrong. But I literally, I would come home and talk to Royal, and Royal was like, "You need to just quit." And I was like. I'm a classy individual. I don't just quit. Like I have to give my two weeks notice. And then finally, like it got so bad that I literally just, there was this one day where she had a meeting in the back with all the hairstylists. And I was the only esthetician there um, in the front of the salon. And so while they were all in their meeting, I just like cleared out all of my stuff and went and loaded everything up in my car and then I left the keys and all of the commission that I owed her for that day in cash on the counter I took a picture of it I filmed the room I'm like okay this is me leaving this studio I'm leaving the exact amount that I owe her I'm leaving her keys here I'm shutting the door behind me and I'm walking out just in I, case I didn't even know you did all that oh yeah just in case she uh <laughs> tried to be like you stole the keys no I didn't I left them here and then I said her protect yourself. Yeah. And then after I was back, like, or almost to the freeway at a red light, I sent her a text message and I was just like, the keys and your commission are on the counter. And that was it. And then I blocked her number because it was such a toxic environment. And for, you know what? It's so funny because when I started there, she, uh, she'd be like, okay, let me get your driver's license so that I can, you know, have all your information. And I just had this feeling in my stomach that I should not give her my driver's license <laughs> because at, even after like the first couple of days, I started realizing that this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Like when I started, they told me that they had like 75 clients, like lash clients because the girl who had been um, working there before she was moving. And so they had like 75 lash clients that were going to go to me and that, um, the girl who was working there, she was making like $10,000 a month and all of this. And so I would be making comparable to that. Yeah, right. And I was like, I I mean, I've got four months until <laughs> I start the academy. I mean, I could take 40 grand, you know? And, uh, and even though it was so hard on my body, I was like, hey, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to have 75 clients, then why not for a few months? That'll give them time to find somebody really, really permanent. Um, no, it wasn't like that at all. Matter of fact, you actually still owe me because I was paying for everything at that point in time. So I might need you to copy something. <laughs> Whatever. I yeah. did not. I made, <laughs> I made nowhere near 10 grand. I think that literally in the first, I mean, cause I was only there for a couple of weeks. I saw maybe 15 different clients. Like it was not at all what they told me it would be. And it was really, really frustrating. And I literally just walked out. And I have never done anything yeah. like that in my life. Okay, but <laughs> stop it. Well, you're the one who gave me the courage to I was do like, it. man, you were a brother now. You just quit and walk out. You don't, you don't give to me, so. <laughs> if you want to be part of this family, <laughs> you leave all that proper shit out the door. Just leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, I mean, when, you, when you're so done, though, what else is there to do? Because if you... Say you went up to her and you said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm gonna let you find like I'm gonna let you find another esthetician. I'm gonna give you my two weeks. 
mm-hmm. that's not going to go well with her. No. And so that's exactly why I left at the same yeah. kind of thing. I just was like, you know what? This isn't going to go well. Right. It opens up the door either. It opens up the door for either them to throw a fit and explode and for you to be open to a conflict type situation or for them to turn up the charm and make promises they're not going to keep and then they're going to kiss up to you for a little bit to get you to stay because they don't want the inconvenience of having to find somebody else but then it's like an abusive relationship right as soon as you try to leave then they pretend that they're a nice person pretend that they've changed everything's good and once things start getting comfortable and you're settled again then they go right back into treating you the same way that they've always been treating you. So oh, yeah. it's just a cycle. Exactly. The only time I've ever gave two weeks, because you expect to get paid for the next two weeks. So I left a two weeks notice and they cut my and they cut like my hours. I was off the schedule the next day. Oh, so they were just like, forget you. Yeah, they're we're like, not even, they're like, we're not even gonna give you two weeks. No, we're good. So I was like, you know what? Got it. I must become a savage. I just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you've done Sometimes to me. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. Sometimes you're in a bad situation where your employer doesn't have your back. And by all means, all y'all listening to this, if you can give two weeks, then give two weeks. Like, be gracious, be professional, you know, whatever. But sometimes there are situations where it's so toxic that you need to just get out. And you've got to do what's right for you. There, there, there's not much good that comes from putting yourself through more negativity and adding on more resentment and everything like that. I mean, take care of yourself. Be a great esthetician, but also take care of yourself. Gosh, I can't stress that enough. You've got to do what's right by you. So oh, exactly. And setting those boundaries, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you need to do. And sometimes setting that boundary is as simple as you don't deserve a two weeks notice and I deserve better. So I'm going to go out and find it. Right. Absolutely. Um, so when you quit and you said that you ended up reporting her to the state, right? Yeah, I was not able to report her to the IRS. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just not a situation for the IRS to handle, I guess, at that point, because I had done some research. My mom was in HR, and she actually went to a training, and someone from the state was there, like a representative from the state, and they were talking about um, being misclassified. Mm-hmm. And my mom immediately called me and said, listen, I got the number for this person. You need to contact them because you were misclassified. You need to report her to the state. That's mm-hmm. the route that you need to go since you can't do the IRS. At least this shows her that what she's doing is wrong. Right. So I went through the process and I contacted, it was a gentleman with the state. So I contacted this gentleman and I told him everything about my story, everything that had happened. He admitted to that Everything seemed so wrong, so mm-hmm. off, and that I absolutely was misclassified, is what yeah. he had said. I was absolutely misclassified. So at one point in time, he went and just showed up at her business. Really? Yeah. And How'd that go? asked for all of the paperwork, mm-hmm. all of the goodies. Mm-hmm. And so she had given them all the paperwork that she had had. He looked through it. Um, She had not made a revenue of $500,000. 
So the state was not able to intervene. Oh my gosh. So they had, the state of Utah has a cap where you have to have made at least $500,000 for them to intervene with misclassifications and tax problems, essentially. Exactly. Because they said that if they intervene prior to that, it discourages small business owners. No, it encourages small business owners to do their shit right. Because I realized later on that she was doing, um, she was allowing our clients to pay also through Venmo, not just through her square. Mm -hmm. And if people don't know out there, you're not allowed to use Venmo for business. Mm. Like Venmo literally states it in their, um, in their, um, whatever that's called the terms and agreements that Uh it's not for business use. So she would allow our clients to pay her through Venmo. Uh So I can imagine that there was probably some back room money that she Mm -hmm. wasn't reporting Mm -hmm. because there was quite a few going to her own personal Venmo account. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And being that I never saw a paycheck. Also my bad. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that conversation with her of, I need to see a pay stub. You're doing a direct deposit, but I need to see a pay stub. I need to see exactly what I'm making, exactly what you're putting down. I never saw one. What? But I never asked for one because I was that esthetician. I didn't want to cause any problems. Mm-hmm. So by the time that I realized everything was so wrong and so illegal at that point, I was just, nope, I'm done. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I'm a person, I get so passionate and so involved in almost every single job that I have mm-hmm. that it's it's almost like breaking up with someone yes. because I'm so invested mentally, physically, emotionally mm-hmm. to not only like my clients, but the environment, my coworkers, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So that was really hard for me to just up and leave. Yeah. So out of character for me. Oh, for sure. Were you gonna- I was just going to say, yeah, like even with the pay stuff thing, it's none of it's your fault though. Like that's the benefit, even though you're... You didn't ask. None of this stuff is your fault. You shouldn't have to yeah, ask. Yeah, you shouldn't have to ask none of this stuff. Like, right. You shouldn't have to ask. But hopefully people listening that are new coming straight out of, you know, NEMA or wherever they're coming from, they know, well, they can see the signs from here. But none right. of it's your fault. Right. You're just, you're new. You say you don't want to cause problems, but you, like, this should be given to you. Well, yeah. You, but like, the, you shouldn't have to worry about it. But the thing also is that, I mean, you come from having jobs before where you never had to worry about it before where you could trust your employer to pay you the right amount to withhold whatever it was they were supposed to withhold to pay your benefits all of that and so if everybody else did it why wouldn't this person do it too like why wouldn't this person be honest and and be legal like the law states exactly exactly and it's so unfortunate because we want to believe that there are so many good people out there and all employers are good. And if you want to work in a place, it must be your intuition must be like 100% right that, Oh, this is a great opportunity. So it must always be a great opportunity or a great environment, but that isn't always the case. And it's, it's scary to start realizing like, Oh, I need to start asking obvious questions and I need to start really covering my back to make sure that I'm not being taken advantage of as an employee because it happens all the time and you don't want to believe it does, but it really, really does. 
and it sucks. I love that you brought that up about Venmo because I actually didn't even realize that. Yeah, so Venmo, they have a debit card. Mm -hmm. And Venmo, if so, say you know my friend transfers me money because I bought her dinner sometime. Mm-hmm. Venmo has a debit card where that's just like another form of a bank account. Mm-hmm. So whatever she transferred me, I can just go ahead and use. But you use that as you would a debit card. Mm-hmm. So you swipe it, you put the chip in, whatever you can mm-hmm. tap it. But a business cannot accept payment from one Venmo account to another mm-hmm. unless it is that Venmo debit card. Well, and the, because I feel like part of that is because it's not regulated by the IRS Venmo. It's and, a PayPal. It's a form of PayPal that's for friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be completely, I mean, regardless of whether it says not to use it for business, um, it's completely up to you to count all of that earned income. Um, and exactly. be able to sort through and say, okay, this was a reimbursement because I bought my friend dinner, but this was a lash client. And so I need to count this on my taxes, but yeah. So you can imagine that it's such a common thing that people aren't probably using it correctly. Right. So that's what I can assume from that employer was that she wasn't maybe using it correctly. Mm-hmm. And she was just kind of, cause she would Venmo employees sometimes. She would Venmo us like tips. Hmm. So that was weird too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was, it was weird because we were, or I was told that she hadn't made a revenue of like $500,000. We were kind of in some rinky dink little, little tiny shop, Mm -hmm. um, for doing lashes and stuff. It was cute, but it was very, very Pinterest DIY. Mm -hmm. Nothing was done professionally Mm -hmm. in the shop, like painting the floors or, the walls or whatever. Yeah. Everything was done by her. Now, all of a sudden, she has this incredible new uh, location where every, like, all the floors are made of marble and Mm. everything's professionally done. And I'm not sure how she was able to afford it, but... Well, maybe some of that... As a police officer, I know how she was able to afford it. (laughs) 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 um yeah that's something I mean I'm sure that I don't want to make assumptions about people but based on what you're telling me I would assume that cash payments or Venmo payments maybe didn't end up on her tax taxes at all that's very possible under the table I'll make all, let the brother make all the assumptions I think that's what happened <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay that's what I think oh yeah oh my gosh it's it's absolutely crazy it's like some mob stuff yeah like this is this is well people get desperate with money I mean people turn into honestly people turn into criminals when it comes to money and so people are willing to do things they maybe wouldn't normally do if they see how it could increase their pockets. Yeah, which sucks. So what advice do you have for not just new estheticians, but any estheticians who are trying to get hired on with somebody else? But honestly just cover your own ass that company looks out for themselves just like every other company you're ever going to work for mm-hmm. so cover your own ass literally ask the most obvious questions that you don't think you should have to ask 
Mm-hmm. Ask about their, um, if they have any benefits, ask them, ask them exactly how your pay is going to go. Ask them about if they're going to supply the products or if that's something that you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you're getting your, uh, pay stubs. If you are an employee and they're paying you, make sure you're getting those pay stubs. Keep track of everything. Keep track of your hours, mm-hmm. screenshot your appointments for the day. So you know exactly the amount of money that you should be making from that. Mm-hmm. So really just cover your ass yeah. because you don't want to turn around months later and figure out you owe the government thousands of dollars because you weren't covering your own ass and mm-hmm. that company was covering theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like even look into the differences between W2 and 1099 and then if you're oh, in yeah. a, if you're in a situation like you where a, an employer asks if you want to be one or the other which I don't think they can actually do for the same position right I think it has doubt, to be I doubt that that's even a legal question to be asking right it's based I think on it's just straight across the board yeah. either you are or you aren't yeah but um if they ask you if you want to be one or the other, then ask what's the difference and see what they tell you. If they're like, oh, there's no difference except, you know, we take out, you know, you pay taxes every paycheck or you pay taxes at the end of the year. If they give you some BS answer like that, then that should be a red flag for you to know, oh, there's and something girl, they don't out. want me to know. <laughs> exactly. Get up as me. Go find something else. And I know it's so hard when you're desperate to have a job and you just graduated and you're excited and you're passionate about aesthetics, like Kenzie was saying, but it's going to do you so much better in the long run to hold out for the right job. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to lose a ton of money or you're going to get a bad taste in your mouth because of, um, because you have an employer who doesn't treat you right or whatever it might be. But yeah, I love how you said, ask those obvious questions. Like ask, am I going to get a pay stub every two weeks? Or how often am I paid? Am I getting a pay stub? How do you keep track of tips? How do you keep track of the hours that I work? Or, you know, what program do you use? Like whatever. I mean, find out all the things you need to know so that you can be assured that they're going to have your back, that they're not going to try to take advantage of you. And that lets them know a lot about you. As soon as you start asking those questions, they either think, oh, shit, okay, well, we're not going to hire her because they already know you're bound. They already know you coming ready. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, oh, yeah. you're not going to mm-hmm. put up with them. Or, or, or they hire you because they love it. Because they're like, good, this is somebody who is professional, has a strong head on their shoulders. You know, we are potentially looking for a new manager later down the road, and maybe this is somebody who could handle that position. So it works for you either if they hire you or don't. Mm-hmm. It works perfectly for oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because a good employer wants somebody who is educated, wants somebody who is willing to ask questions and stands up for themselves and has appropriate professional boundaries. So if you and go- a bad employer doesn't want any of that. Right. Exactly. So you'll learn that real quick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So definitely ask the right questions. Educate yourself on the difference between a 1099 and W-2 and make sure that you're prepared prepared for whichever one you get offered because yeah it can be it can be hard out there and it can be hard to balance the two um awesome thank you so much is there anything else that you want to add to that story or to that experience 
before we... Um, I mean, just that do your due diligence and, I mean, some people just learn the hard way, like me. I chose to learn the hard way. So ever mm-hmm. since then, I've become a lot more educated and mm-hmm. I really have to thank the Facebook community that's out there for not only estheticians, but lash artists. I mean, there's a community for every business type. So really get involved, stay up to date on your current laws. And I mean, have fun in the industry. It's the best industry. It's so beautiful, so amazing and so rewarding, but it can be scary and it can be hard, Mm -hmm. but there's a place for everyone in this industry. Yes. Yes, there is. I love that. I love it. Um, so before we close, we like to ask all of our guests uh, their opinions on boundaries, balance, health, and safety. So would you please share how you feel about each of those? Um, honestly, it's hard to set yourself into boundaries. I still have to refocus myself on boundaries because most people that are in this industry we're people pleasers we don't like to say no we don't like to turn clients away so we overextend ourselves set those boundaries all the time I talk to my husband about the fact that I overwork myself and it's because I do it myself Mm -hmm. set those boundaries if you're out of work and you're it's six o'clock and you've got clients texting you let them know you'll respond tomorrow during your business hours. Yep. You know, have your time with your family. I mean, boundaries, absolutely. You have to have that or else not only is your employer, but your clients, they're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. And they may they may not even do it on purpose, but if you oh, yeah. give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Running. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How about balance? Balance is always a hard one for me because I'm a workaholic and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> Um, but finding that balance of when you are not working, put your phone down, Mm -hmm. stretch, breathe, have a moment to just yourself and then go home and have that time with your family Yeah, because you need to balance you constantly serving others and you constantly serving your home. Mm -hmm. You need to give yourself that balance for just you. Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Just making sure that you have quiet time so you can refocus and reground yourself after all the craziness of work and everything else. Sometimes you just can't give any more of yourself to either your spouse, your kids, or your clients because you've already given it all and you've not recharged. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where that balance really needs to come in. Yeah, that's so true. And I love how you say that. Like if you've depleted yourself all day with your clients and then you come home at the end of the day and your kids or your family are needing something from you, but your well is empty, like your well is completely dry, you don't have anything else that you can give to the people who are supposed to matter most in your life. Very good. Okay, how about health? Oh, man. What is that? I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, like you had said a few times before, you have to stretch. Most of the time we are in hunched over positions or mm-hmm. we are doing laser services and you're going to get carpal tunnel. Stretch. Go to physical therapy. 
meditate so you can help your mental health Mm -hmm. um, or get massages. Honestly, I have to do massages because everything up in my shoulders and my neck, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) So absolutely take care of yourself, but in healthy ways. Yes, it's so true. Royal actually just bought me for Christmas. Have you seen the power dot? It's the yes, yes. terrifying. Oh my gosh, no, it's so amazing, Kenzie. I love it so much because after all of my injuries and everything, I still have like so much pain and tension, and probably also from years of doing lashes and stuff in my specifically in my upper back and neck and shoulders. And I slap those power dots on. Oh my goodness. It really does help. It's like bringing the physical therapist home with you. I love it. I love it so much. So I'm no doctor. I'm no physical therapist, but I kind of think everybody needs it. (laughs) At least, excuse me, at least everybody in our industry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then how about safety? That is number one. If you are not looking out for your safety, I mean... I don't know any woman personally who doesn't overanalyze everything in the room because Mm -hmm. of her own safety. It's like drilled into us from day one of like being born. You're Mm -hmm. a woman and the world is scary out there. So take care of yourself. If you are in a building where you're going to be one of the last people to leave, make sure you know all doors are locked before anyone else leaves the building. Mm -hmm. So if you and your client are there by yourselves, you need to make sure all the other doors are locked. No one else is going to be able to come in. And then maybe you and your client walk out together. That mm-hmm. might be weird for you. But, hey, it's safety for you and your client, especially during winter time. It's dark fast. Yep. Like, care, care for your client. Care for yourself. Get a concealed carry permit. Get a gun. Yes. <laughs> or if you are, like, terrified of guns, you know, stun gun is great, but Mm -hmm. remember that if you have a stun gun, if you have a knife, if you've got anything like that, you have to be in such close proximity to that person. That can be dangerous too. Yep. It's true. Take a class or there's even classes out there where it doesn't even have to be a gun class. You can go and take a martial arts class Um, There are so many resources out there, especially for women, that they're teaching you how to defend yourself if you need to, um, or how to interact with someone who might have a gun and you don't. There's so many classes out there, so research it, look into it. Even if you're not in this industry, look into it because it's better to be safe than sorry, right? It's better to be safe than dead. Yes, that's so true. That's the thing. It's better to be safe than dead. Like, honestly, I, I talk to people so much about how they need to take steps to protect themselves. You need to carry some kind of self-defense tool, or if you're not comfortable carrying a, quote, weapon on you, (laughs) then you need to educate yourself in other ways. Like you said, take a self-defense class, take Brazilian jiu-jitsu or some other form of martial arts, like learn some way to be able to make yourself not have to just be a victim. And I'm not saying that if you learn any of these things that it's 100% guaranteeing that you won't become a target or a victim for a crime, but at least you'll have some kind of tool or some way to help prevent it or try to fight it or do something to help yourself instead of just not knowing anything and freezing and 
going with the situation. So I absolutely back everything that you just said. I 100% agree that you've got to take care of yourself. And it's so true. I When I had my, my studio in Salt Lake, it would get dark so fast in the winter, like you were saying. And my clients, I'm like, all right, nope, you're not leaving. We're walking out together for both of our safety. Or if there was a situation where the client did have to walk out before I left and I had tons of things I had to clean up, then I was on guard all the time. I was always so nervous just to walk out of my building, lock my car, walk or lock the door, walk to my car because anybody could have driven by and seen that there's just one car in that parking lot and there are still lights on inside and they could have just waited out to see who happens to leave the building. You know, I mean, we've got to be aware that those things are possible because then we can take steps to prepare ourselves for them. Just like we've been saying about, you know, taxes and everything else, you have to make yourself aware so then you can make yourself prepared. You have to. 100%. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? No, I think Mr. You, Police Officer? You guys said it all. <laughs> There's nothing else for me to add. We're women. We know how to protect ourselves. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my dear, thank you so much again for being here with us. We truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule during the holidays to talk about the experiences you had and help other estheticians not have to go through through the same thing that you went through. Yeah, thank you so much for, I mean, just creating a platform that talks about the ugly side of the business because there is an ugly side. And if we're not educated about it, we can't protect ourselves and we can't better the businesses that we create or that we work for mm-hmm. by being ignorant. So thank you so much for creating this platform for educating all the estheticians out there. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. That's, that's our goal for sure. And we appreciate you being a part of it. Thank you.